Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. We've had a lot of exceptional guests on our show with phenomenal products that can help you get started with your crypto journey or help improve your overall experience in your crypto journey. Several of these guests have been kind enough to share a discount code with us that we can share with our community. If you want access to these products and to these offerings, please go to our website and go to the deals section to check out some of these sensational opportunities. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a guest all the way on Slovenia working on a project that you all might be very familiar with. We have Julian with Bitstamp. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Richard. Of course. Well, thank you for joining us. We're excited to learn more about all the amazing things you have going on with Bitstamp. But before we do, we want to learn more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Yeah, sure. I joined Bitstamp in March this year as the CEO. Prior to that, I was a co-founder of Starling Bank, which is one of the challenger banks in the UK. And over the four or five years that I was there, I was chief operating officer, but really trying to understand how to transform an industry with uh, fintech, but also to challenge the customer experience and to do something amazing for uh, retail banking. And prior to that, I was a management consultant for 20 years. So I'm very good at PowerPoint. Yeah, it's important, especially as you, like you said, if you're trying to change a growing industry and, and put traditional finance on its head. You got to make those PowerPoints so the corporate world understands what's going on. <laughs> what was your first introduction to the crypto space? Like what even piqued your interest? It was when I was at Starling. So first of all, I just got involved in buying, buying a bit of Bitcoin and not enough. And unfortunately, with the, with, with the price it is today. And then we started talking to some of the exchanges in terms of being able to provide banking services. And really that seeing that seeing the start of that merging between traditional financial services and also the world of, of crypto. And so then when I left Starling, it was a obvious in industry to explore a little bit more about whether, whether I should go and work in there. Definitely. And it's cool how you transitioned from that kind of opportunity and company over into something like Bitstamp. You know, what made you want to take over as CEO for Bitstamp? Well, I think I think there's, there's there's two parts to this. I think one is that the crypto industry is the fastest part of financial services, the fastest growing, the most excite, exciting. That's where I like to be as an individual, and I think we we can do some amazing stuff. Bitstamp has been around for ten years. It's our 10, 10th birthday this month. We are the oldest exchange in the world. We've got a great brand. We're doing some amazing stuff. And then when I started to meet the team and the investors and the board, really got excited about what we've got and what we're going to do. For me, it was a no-brainer. It was like, yep, this is a team to go and change the world with. Definitely. And with it, I feel like Bitstamp has done a lot to kind of keep innovating its platform, making the onboarding journey a, a lot more user-friendly. What are some of the things that are kind of on the roadmap to keep making that new user experience great so you can keep bringing in and expanding crypto adoption? Yeah, I think I think you're right. We've done an awful lot of work in terms of the customer experience, et cetera. And I think one of the things that 
when you look at what fintech is, it is about that delivering a great customer experience to the customers, whether they're consumers or, or, or institutions. So we should always be thinking about how we innovate, et cetera. So we've got a whole range of things. We've got a lot of new assets that are coming out. A couple of weeks ago, we launched Euro Tether, which is the, the sister or brother of uh, USDT, which is obviously you know such a huge token within this world. So for us, being uh, the launch partner of Euro Tether is brilliant. There'll be a whole range of more assets. But we also want to develop the business, and we've got some very exciting, exciting plans, which in due course, I'll be able to share, share with you, Richard. Absolutely. And one of the beautiful things right now is that we're seeing, even as you're kind of making the the Euro version of Tether, you're starting to see a lot of the stable coins that are starting to hit the market in various facets of the world. Do you think that we're going to see more stable coins kind of pop up around, or do you still think that a lot of pairs are going to ultimately still point to like a Bitcoin or Ethereum? I think it, there's a lot more that can be done in the stable coin arena. And I don't think we are at the end of the journey. Um, and I think it goes back to what are we trying to do with, with stable coins and what are we trying to solve in financial services with this product? And so clearly, you wouldn't want to get paid with a highly volatile stock like a Bitcoin. However, with a stable coin, I could be paid. I could be making payments. I can pay my supplier. I can sell my products. And that becomes really interesting when you see those use cases for what you can you, you can do. And as an example, we've uh, did a partnership with KPG, which is a property uh, company in New York, where their customers were saying, can we pay by digital assets? And it's like, yes. So they work with us. And so you can now pay your rent in New York with USDC or Bitcoin, whatever you want. And that, again, solves problems that people are doing. So I think when we, we shouldn't be talking about this from a technology sake, it is what is the problem that we're trying to address here. And I think when you look at some of the issues and costs and timeframes in traditional financial services, and I'm talking remittance payments, I'm talking cross-border, I'm talking supply chain, then we can really, really do something that is that is exciting. What I would hope is we get to a place, and we're not far away, where actually we don't talk about stable coins or crypto assets, we're talking about how we are solving problems. And it's just the underlying technology that is the blockchain and the interpretation and the application of that. So I think we're right at the beginning. Uh, we've got a lot of partners who are doing some really, really interesting use cases and applications for stable coins. And I think we're going to have a very, very exciting future on this. I agree. And you brought up a, a really interesting point where I think we also need to eventually get away from whether we talk about stable coins or we talk about crypto assets, but like you said, it's underlying technology. Ultimately, this is going to improve the livelihoods of a lot of people. I think this is going to be one of the greatest access to, to wealth and creating generational wealth that humans have ever seen, right? And one of the challenges, like, kind of like you brought up, was the ability to be able to pay for things, do it cross-border and do it quickly and do it in a secure way that can have all of that done. And one of the most reliable ways that we're starting to see is through crypto. And on that same kind of conversation. I saw that y'all recently, you know, released your credit and debit card. You know, how has that been received in the market and, and how's that been going so far? So what we've done is accepted debit and credit cards as a way of funding your account at Bitstamp. And we think this is a, a really good way that if people are wanting to be in the market, they don't want to do an ACH, they don't want to do a bank transfer because of the time it takes. And it really enables us to hit the market quickly, customer says, yep, I just want to go and trade. I see something exciting. I see an opportunity. 
and they, they, they can do that. And that is just, again, helping the customer experience. The more barriers, the more friction that we put into a process, the harder it is and the less engaged people are going to be. You got to take away the friction. And there's so many barriers that you see on a lot of other exchanges, unfortunately, that kind of like make people stop before they even get through all the all of the process. What have you noticed kind of through the years of, you know, being in this game for a decade, you know, having been released in 2011, being one of the original exchanges out there, what do you think have been some of the biggest growing pains and lessons that have helped expedite being able to onboard these new users? I think, I think it's about education and it's an education about why people want to onboard with an exchange. And then it's about the process that is required. Now, if you were going to open a bank account and it didn't ask you for any identification, no, no security protocols, you'd go, this doesn't feel like a bank. They're probably going to steal my money. Yeah. We're a financial services company. We're regulated both in New York and also in Luxembourg. Yeah, we have to comply and we absolutely want to comply with all the best regulations. So what we have to do is explain to people why that's important. And if we're going to look after your money on the exchange, we need to make sure that we have put the right steps in place to ensure it, it, it is there. The other piece that I think is, is interesting is when we're starting to see the evolution of our customers. So you know, it would be a few years ago that we'd said, you know, it was a very, very high penetration of males, probably in their 20s, urban, slightly higher income. And, you know, the classic, and by the way, the classic is they play computer games. Wow, isn't that an amazing right. bit of insight? Thanks but so actually much. what we're now seeing is a whole range of different age and also gender as well. So in the last six months, we've had a 50% increase in, in, in America of women coming onto our exchange. That is interesting. Also, that they're trading at the same level that the guys are. Okay. So while they have a different, typically a different risk and financial appetite, they're actually now trading in the same way. So we're seeing some really interesting things. The other piece that I think is is super interesting is the mix between the coins that we're seeing. So if I put this kind of simply, in January, if we had one dollar of Ethereum, we had four dollars in Bitcoin. Now, for every dollar in Ethereum, we only have $2 a Bitcoin. So we're seeing that Ethereum is becoming a major player in its own right, not because the whole market has moved up, but the proportion has moved up. And so one of the things I'm keen to ensure is that we're talking wider than just pure Bitcoin. Yes, it is the dominant force, but there's a whole range of other use cases different uh, assets out there that are changing. And we're seeing proportions of, of, of people who have never traded Bitcoin, but are using other digital assets. Now, three years ago, four years ago, you wouldn't have expected that. That would, that would have been an illogical place to have been. But now we're seeing the ecosystem opening up. And I think that shows a lot of the strength of this asset class that is different than perhaps we saw you know, three, four years ago. I want to spend a lot of time right there. So a lot of people, their first intersection into crypto, most of them know Bitcoin. And a lot of them, Bitcoin maximalists out there say it's the only coin. It's the only thing you should be paying attention to. But just like you said, over time, instead of it being four to one, it's now two to one. And I think there's a chance in the future it could even flip. When you look at entire market capitalization, if you look at use cases in 2021, right now this year, one of the big talking points has been NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And a lot of that entry has been through Ethereum. So a lot of people who even own an NFT are spoken about NFTs. A lot of it has everything to do with the Ethereum ecosystem. And 
as that kind of opens the minds of people saying like, oh, there's other things out there besides Bitcoin. I agree with you that that's just going to keep expanding activity that we're seeing in the market, but then also all overall market capitalization as more money flows in and it doesn't all just go to Bitcoin. And I think that is a healthy thing for the entire crypto market. We all know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year, currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So how does it all work? First, go to tantralabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at tantralabs.io or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website. And I think it move, it changes the volatility story. It changes some of the the green story um, mm-hmm. and the ecology story. Um, and I, I just think it's it's a healthy conversation that says cryptocurrencies and the technology have a huge number of different use cases that are out there. And it's not all one story. So actually, we should be talking about some of the other assets that we're doing and that we've got and what do they do and how do they help. And again, this is where we're just at the beginning. We're just at the beginning of this evolution in terms of how do you use this technology for good to solve real world problems. And I think this is where it becomes exciting. Definitely. And while we're on the, the topic of banking and how that's been evolving, you know, we're starting to see this evolution of DeFi, decentralized finance and all the ways that people are having more access to tools that generally only the wealthy would have in the traditional financial sense, right? The opportunity to be able to get loans against your crypto and then having ways of being able to kind of grow and expand in in that capacity. How do you think Big Stamp is positioning itself to be able to embrace some of the things that are happening in the DeFi world? Yeah, I think it's a a really good question. I think if you look at what DeFi is, First of all, it's a really interesting piece of technology, um, and that has a huge future. Now, at the moment, there is a difference. You can call it an an arbitrage opportunity between what can happen in DeFi and what can happen in traditional financial services in in terms of a return on your assets or lending, et cetera. But what we see, and we're, we're seeing more and more evidence, is these two worlds are coming together. They're not diverging. They are absolutely coming together. Why? We're the regulated exchange, so Bitstamp regulated, which means AML, KYC, et cetera. We can be the bridge, the gateway into that DeFi world, which does not have that. We know that the regulators are looking at the whole world of digital assets in one form. Right. They can't move at the moment from the daily press to find there's another angle that is being played on. That actually is a really helpful thing. That really is to ensure that we can give protection to consumers and we have a level playing field where everybody is working to the same agenda. That is good. As DeFi continues to increase, the regulators will start looking at it. We know what they'll look at. They will look at KYT, KYC, AML, et cetera. And that's our strengths at Bitstamp. So we see these two things coming together, and then that creates a real opportunity to provide, again, customers with products that solve their problems but they don't need to be crypto experts. And if you can do that in a safe and secure way, that becomes 
incredibly powerful for them, incredibly enabling for them in their personal lives or their corporate lives. And it just changes the conversation. So I don't see this as a DeFi versus centralized conversation at all. It is a how will this evolve to serve the customer. And I think that serving the customer is important when you look at that traditional uh, sort of bell curve, which is, you know, you've got innovators and early adopters, then you've got the mass market. I think we're getting to a mass market for a, you know, a Bitcoin and Ethereum type product. But in terms of DeFi, we're still in that innovator, earlier adopter. And the way we're going to get across the chasm, as it's called, is by making it really simple and putting it into language that the average consumer understands. So we shouldn't be talking about hash rates or mining. You know, even the word custody doesn't kind of validate. It's a vault. It's a safe. That's where I put my money. That's where I put my, my, my belongings, etc. And so I think there's a whole story there of how we evolve from that innovation space, which is super important as we flex and change what is there, into that mass market. And we're tipping into that right now. We're seeing a lot of people, a lot of customers coming into Bitstamp who have not engaged before, have not been in crypto, are curious because their friends, their family, their relations are starting to talk about it. And they think, how do I do this? And what is interesting when you look at regulation and we a bit of a theme there, we're also seeing a, a, a flight to safety where we're seeing people are coming to us as a regulated exchange because of that safety and security. So obviously there's a, a lot of things in the press about um, some of the other exchanges, the ones that perhaps not quite as regulated in the UK, there's been quite a bit of activity from the FCA. Mm-hmm. We've seen numbers in the UK double in the last four weeks. Okay. Wow. So that is people who are going, ah, okay, not all exchanges are the same. Some are better than others. Which ones do we go to? The ones that have got that maturity, that regulatory, that compliance. So we're seeing that shift happening as well, which I think is uh, very powerful. I think so too. And I think you did a really elegant way of like breaking a lot of that down. Something I want to add to it that I think it adds some more flavor to it as well is when you think about what Robinhood has been able to accomplish when it comes to traditional finance, right? Of being able to up and basically, instead of you having to get these fees for every single trade that you've that you do and capturing the new age of, of people that are kind of starting to enter the market, you know, millennials, your Gen Zers, et cetera, of being able to create such a, a user interface and a connection of being able to have access to things like options, tradings and futures and, and other things like that and presenting it in a way. I think where that blend happens, kind of like you were just saying between traditional finance and DeFi is having your entry point like a bit stamp and then be able to connect it to one of these decentralized finance type of opportunities. And then that way you have the bridge between a lot of the newer age opportunities, but still the, the path through traditional so that you have like the full circle of what it kind of takes to get into the industry as a whole. Yes, absolutely. If you can get the route to market, if you can get that clarity and simplicity, you will have a different customer experience. And again, you just go back to where technology has in any industry, which has fundamentally transformed a traditional industry by looking at what the customer is doing, changing the dynamics, changing the question that's being asked, you will get to a different place. And that's where, going back to your first question, you know, why why crypto and then why Bitstamp? This is the fastest growing part of financial services. It's the most exciting. And that's why you and I are here, because it's great. 
100%, man. Love this industry, love this place. And it allows a lot of really smart people who are seeing where the world is headed to be able to create a path to get everyone else to, to capitalize on this opportunity as well. And, you know, kind of in that regard, you've been in the space for a long time. You've been able to see how it has matured. You've seen some ups and downs in the markets. You've seen the bull cycles, everything else. And this last one has been extremely interesting. Where do you think as a whole, where do you think the crypto universe, the, the crypto market is headed in, let's say, the next two to four years? Like, where do you think from where we are right now to like where things are headed, what we're going to start seeing change in the environment? Yeah, one of the, I, I thought you were going to ask me a slightly different question, which is what is the price in a year, year's time of Bitcoin? And one of the I don't go for I, price. <laughs> one of the things, you know, we're in exchange. The price is the price. We're not going to over over talk that as, as some other people uh, do. And I, I think you know, I think it's the themes that we've were, that we've talked about in terms of the breadth of assets are increasing. Therefore, there are more options. Therefore, it's a not a one a one trick pony in terms of it's only talking about Bitcoin. I'm seeing a lot of use cases, a lot of companies who are creating some fantastic technologies and solving problems that will come into the market and really, really help. We've just done a, a, a deal with a, a British company called Zebedee, which helps computer game manufacturers to monetize their games. So if you're on Counter-Strike, for instance, you could use Zebedee to be able to buy your assets that you want in the game, but you buy it on Bitcoin at Bitstamp. Now, why is that important? You know, The game manufacturer does not want to worry about being a payments institution, does not want to care about cards and chargebacks and fraud and multi-currency. They just want the dollar, okay? Yes. They've got the dollar that pays for engineers, software engineers to write some better, more code, more games, more levels, et cetera. Brilliant. So what that is, what a partnership with Zebedee is doing is ensuring we're introducing a whole bunch of people who play computer games into the world of Bitcoin, not because they want to get into Bitcoin, because on the weekend, they want to play Counter-Strike. And we will see things with that, with we have one, one of the coins is audio, which is for music producers and artists to be able to do things and for, for you and I to be able to buy it differently than via Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. That becomes really interesting. So we're starting to see some of these more vertical assets where we go, oh, that's going to solve a problem. You know, the BAT token, which is from, from Brave, means actually yeah. I'm now starting to get rewarded for, for reading content. That's a nice vertical. Computer games, music. You know, this is where over the next few years we'll have these solutions come out. We'll have some very, very exciting companies. We want to play in the mix in there because we have a role to play and we want to have an ecosystem where they these people are working with Bitstamp to, to take their ideas to market. So I think we're going to have a, a chat in the year's time, Richard, which is just going to be like, wow, think of the breadth of things that are now under that crypto banner. Oh, definitely, man. And, and there's something, there's a distinction that I really want to make to a lot of people that I think they sometimes forget. When people originally think about like crypto, cryptocurrency, they think it's trying to be a currency, right? There's trying to be like a, a way to exchange things like directly. But that's not necessarily the case. I feel like a lot of cryptocurrencies are blockchain projects that are put under the umbrella that is cryptocurrency that are truly just solving problems, like you said, but are in different industries doing unique ways to solve said problems on top of the blockchain ecosystem that's been able to raise money under this way, which is untraditional in the way that they would do it, right? So going from like an ICO, IEO or, or what have you. And because of that, you know, most of them are startups. And if you think about a startup, 90% of startups fail, but 
the 10% that don't, it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be continuing to further the technology and the use cases that makes all of our lives a lot easier. Yes. And I think we've got a role as, as an established company to be able to talk with, you know, engage, help, support, promote, invest in this ecosystem. Because when you are starting a business, and I've done that in the past, you know, every, every dollar matters. We need to be able to help. But also, you know, we've got millions of customers who can start getting engaged in, in their solutions and their products. So, you know, I think that open-minded, open-source type mentality is, is, is really important. Definitely. And just one more piece going back to gaming real quick. I think gaming is also in the future and is the future. And there's going to be so many amazing things that happen in crypto gaming from building more on blockchain, from AR to VR to being able to put NFTs in games and it's, it's going to be massive. So uh, the more that people are able to keep finding cool nuanced ways, like how y'all are positioning yourselves to be able to do the backend monetary piece of that, I think that is very unique and, and it's going to be extremely beneficial to y'all in the future. But as we kind of wrap up here, man, there's always two questions I like to end on. And I think it's always a lot of fun to hear what your take is on it. But with all the knowledge you have right now, and if you could take two to three core lessons and impart wisdom on yourself when you first got started in the crypto space, what would you tell yourself? Uh, and thank you for the prep or the lack of prep on that <laughs> question there, Richard. I appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, I think the world is really small. The, there's a whole bunch of really smart people in the world of crypto, financial services, fintech, technology. I think it's about us being open, being willing to partner, uh, helping people to solve for things that we haven't thought about. And I think that's the, the big thing. And I think we are seeing ourselves, you know, as we're a financial services company doing crypto, that gives us a lot of obligations to do, which we're super happy to have. But I think we're going to see more and more conversations, which are that that mixture between traditional financial services, technology, and crypto assets. So for me, it's about how we engage and how we need as an industry to engage with each other, and then how we educate and communicate our value propositions to consumers. I think that's great. People forget how important it is to build community and to be able to there's a, a, a saying that someone brought on the show a long time ago that a lot of people are building all of these islands and not enough people are building bridges. And I think the more bridges that can be made to all these amazing islands that are being built, the faster this industry is going to grow the, the, and the better the tech and, and, and how the cross uh, being able to work together is going to be able to keep transforming. So I, I really do appreciate that response. Oh, you're actually, I'm going to copy that statement. I think it's good. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, as we wrap up here, man, I always like to finish up with the final question of, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all of our listeners here today? The final thought in my mind would be, this is not a Bitcoin story. This is a digital asset cryptocurrency story. It's much wider, much bigger, much more exciting than just one asset. And I think the more that we as an industry and as individuals can come onto podcasts and speak to journalists and just engage and talk wider than just Bitcoin, I think that is where it becomes really, really important for us as, as an industry. And as the industry gets into and closer to financial services and what we're doing to help everyday's people. Yeah, that's a great final thought. So definitely appreciate that. But Julian, what are ways that people can connect with you and learn more about Bitstamp? So we're obviously on, on the web as bitstamp.net uh, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So if anybody wants to connect, please do. Always happy to talk to you. Definitely. Well, again, Julian with Bitstamp, thank you so much for spending some time with us, dropping all your knowledge. 
And of course, for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from LVU504. As someone who is new to the cryptocurrency world, this podcast lays out the information where it's easy to understand. I recommend anyone who is interested in learning more to check out this podcast. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.